Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. Today's Thursday, February the 16th, and we thank you for listening to AFR. We don't take you for granted. Joining me in studio is Fred Jackson. Good morning. Good morning, Tim. Chris Woodward. Good morning. And in Kansas City, Kansas, Ray Pritchard. Good morning, Brother Ray. Hey, Tim. How you doing? Doing well. How about yourself? You know, it's good. Um, Here in Kansas City, it's cold. We've got sleet, freezing rain, snow, slippery stuff. I was just outside a minute ago with the dog, you know, (laughs) and I was struggling to stay upright. So this is a good day, to, at least in Kansas City, to stay inside, sit in the recliner, and uh, listen to AFR. (laughs) There you go. Well, we um, that, that's kind of whether you're experiencing there uh, in Kansas City. I know we here in the Mid South are expecting uh, uh, what would they say uh, tornadic type weather this afternoon for for us here in Tupelo, and then then, then that'll spread through uh, other parts of the uh, as I say the Mid South, maybe move eastward. Yeah, we're in the uh, what the meteorologists tell us the, those zones. Yeah, where you, where there is a threat of tornadoes. Yeah, I, I, I we're, lived, in a, we're in a bad zone today, Fred. Yeah, I've lived down here for twenty five years. When I woke up this morning, the overnight low was sixty seven on February sixteenth. Right, it was warm last night. We had to turn on the air conditioner. Yeah, when it's that warm. And you know the kind of weather that Ray's talking about. Ray's sending us that cold front. Is heading right, this dude. direction. <laughs> it's uh, coming your way. It's coming our way. So, so when, that, when that clashes, mm-hmm. yes, bad news. Yes, it is. Um, anyway, we well, we hope wherever you live, you have good weather. Yes. Uh, may, may your skies be blue and yes. the sun be warm. It's the season for everything. Uh, the sun be warm. What other kind of sun? Sun. Otherwise, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, May your skies be blue, but not your fingers. <laughs> duly noted. Nice, nice. That's good. For you, just come up with that. Just came up with that. Uh, all right. A lot to talk about today, as you mm-hmm. would hope there would be on a talk show, right? Um, we, uh, if you want to join us on the internet, <clears throat> you can go to Facebook Live. We uh, just type in today's issues, and we uh, video stream the show there, and you can. Uh, access the stories that we have there and you can also criticize tim there in the comments if you'd like to feel the need to do that just take full advantage of it because i won't read it (laughs) ed reads it for me there you go huh uh all right uh we do appreciate everybody who listens and watches on facebook we have a loyal uh family there yeah. of listeners to today's issues, and and we appreciate you. But we live video stream there. And also we have our own streaming service, streaming.afa.net. Streaming.afa.net is our own live video streaming service. We created that so that we could never be canceled. <laughs> you know, YouTube canceled us. We talked about that, <clears throat> and we don't know why exactly. But we just created our own uh, video streaming service, so. That's always there. Facebook's never banned us that I know of. Brent, 
Creeley, our producer, is Facebook ever? They've never banned us, per se, but they've kind of shadow banned. They shadow banned us? Yes, sir. How you do that? You know, can you explain that, uh, not, Brent? No, sir, not really. You just heard the term. Sounds smart. Well, when you, you sound look, smart, when you look at the viewers that we did have before the shadow banning came, yes, out that that's what they were doing. Uh, we had a lot more viewers on Facebook, and then they shadow banned now. us, and then we got our numbers dropped. Huh? Yes, sir. But you can go back there, and uh, maybe Elon Musk will buy them. Maybe so. <laughs> <laughs> he does still have billions to. Huh? spend money or just to yeah. use so yeah elon musk bought uh he bought twitter for how much 45 billion or something like that yeah in the neighborhood of 45 billion just wrote the check and still has money that's like me finding 20 dollars in the couch cushion yeah he's not gonna miss his house payment <laughs> yeah. yeah he just donated a billion dollars to some charity elon musk yeah a billion dollars yeah to a charity what's that like ray <laughs> I wish I knew. <laughs> what? Uh, what's the old saying? Uh, <clears throat> money can't buy happiness, uh, but I'd sure like to give it a shot. <laughs> That's right. It can rent some. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I heard that one time. Money can't buy happiness, but I'd sure like to give it a shot. Um all right, Christopher, well, what's, what's nor, leading the news? Well, there are plenty of bad things to cover, and we will get to those uh, later in this show. But we want to continue our discussion of what is happening in Kentucky uh, at Asbury University. This is a story that continues to unfold by the hour. Steve Jordahl has done a fantastic job covering it for us on the radio side of things. Uh, so check out his work on AFN.net. Uh, But I think what a lot of people are maybe unaware of is there is a connection of sorts between Asbury and AFA through Dr. Don Wildman, our founder. Uh, And that is something we wanted to begin our discussion on today because it's been amazing to see what God is doing uh, with young and old, tall, short, left-handed, right-handed, whatever, uh, people there at Asbury University. We've got some audio here uh, that we can uh, get to in in a second. But I know Ray had some thoughts here on what's going on there at Asbury and the connection with uh, our founder, Don Wildman. Well, number one, uh, Chris, we are in day nine of what God is doing up at Asbury. Wilmore, Kentucky. I've been to the campus, wonderful Methodist school, Methodist slash Wesleyan, conservative, great Bible teaching school. And a week ago, Wednesday, something happened during a completely typical or normal Christian college chapel service. I I listened to a little bit of the message that was preached that day, and it was good, but it was just like what you would hear at any Christian college chapel service, and God from heaven moved in, and young people started coming forward, students at the Christian college, at the university, praying, confessing their sins, and a revival broke out out of a Christian college chapel service that is now in its ninth day, which means we're at about hour 180, 185, around the clock, around the clock, filling that beautiful chapel there, and now they've opened up two other chapels. And to our listeners, if you want to just get a taste of it, it's easy to do. Go to Facebook. We were just talking about Facebook. Go to Facebook and type in uh, go go to the watch section of Facebook and type in Asbury Revival, and you will see live stream feeds. Uh, the reason we're interested in this is because Brother Don Wildman, Tim's dad, a li- lifelong Methodist, lifelong Methodist minister, we've talked about that before, 
He is closely connected and has been with the folks at Asbury. In fact, about eight or nine, ten years ago, they named a, a, I want to say, a study center or special room up there in honor of Brother Don. So we have, I, I want to say, Chris and Tim and, and Fred, we have affectional ties with the folks up at Asbury. They are close mm-hmm. to us, and we are close to them. And uh, we're excited to see what God is doing. And by the way, there's another school just this north up in Ohio called Cedarville, Great Baptist University. And now the revival has moved out from Asbury, and something unusual is happening up at Cedarville University great Baptist school. And I, I think as one of the interesting things that, that was not true when the revival broke out in 1970, this is not the first time it's happened at Asbury. What's different now is social media. So you can not only watch it, but it is beginning to move out from Asbury to other places around the world. And I want to encourage our friends to pray because part of our job here at AFR, we report the news, and a lot of it of necessity is discouraging news, cultural discouragement. This is a reminder that God is at work. And and I was thinking, there was this gospel song we used to sing, and I don't think I've sung it in a thousand years, Showers of Blessings Over the Shower. You remember that one, Fred? Oh, yeah. Over the showers we we plead, mercy drops round us are falling. But for the showers, we plead. Well, we've seen the mercy drops, and maybe something more like a shower is beginning to fall from heaven at Asbury. And we thank God for that, and let's pray it will continue and spread. Amen. 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 Yes, Asbury uh, College slash seminary, they're on the same campus, but uh, they did bestow upon my dad, uh, the founder of this ministry, uh, a doctorate degree, an honorary doctorate degree. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know exactly what year that was, but uh, anyway, you're right, Ray. We have had a special connection. I know a good friend of mine uh, is on the board of directors there, or board of trustees, I guess is what they call it. And so, uh, you know, when a lot of people today think Methodist, they think, well, that's they've gone liberal. And uh, you have to break that down a little bit. Mm-hmm. The uh, United Methodist Church, of which I grew up in, uh, of yesteryear was uh, basically an evangelical mm-hmm. denomination, a Protestant denomination, um, but nonetheless Bible-believing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we all know what's happened inside the mainline Christian denominations, the mainline Protestant denominations. They're, they've uh, gone way liberal. Uh, and including the United Methodist Church, and the United Methodist Church now, in fact, has, is splitting. Yes, is splitting on a daily basis. We read about churches leaving, basically, over the issue of the Bible's teaching on human sexuality. <clears throat> but Asbury has always has maintained uh, their their evangelical roots and their uh, their respect for the authority of the Holy Bible. And while other seminaries that uh, that Methodist pastors graduate from have gone liberal, and uh, and so Asbury's maintained and and uh, you know their <clears throat> their good reputation, mm-hmm. uh, and so and, and of course we we promote uh, Wesley Biblical Seminary in Jackson, Mississippi, which is also a Wesleyan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Just had him on Wesleyan. Uh, theological 
uh, seminary. Yeah, and that you know, Ray, uh, talking about that, that that's been going on, I guess, for the last forty, fifty years. Uh, even the Southern Baptists have had to contend with what is the authority of Scripture, right? Well, we, we've seen the attacks. We've seen the attacks on the authority of the Bible. It used to be about inerrancy and the resurrection. Now it is more in the in the area of sex, what we might call sexual ethics. Has God really spoken? And um, I think it's it's just easy, guys, to get so discouraged. It's easy to be pessimistic. It's easy to say the world is going to hell and there is no hope. And God never leaves himself without a witness in the world. He never does. Our, God has our remnant, his people. Right? Yeah, th- yeah. There's a remnant always. A God does. He has not abandoned this world. And, you know, I know some people watching the Asbury Revival um, they they are quote disappointed because we are not yet to the third great awakening right well we're only nine days in mm-hmm. I was just reading yesterday the parable Jesus told about the woman who took the yeast and put it into the the lump of dough and it spread mm-hmm. it spread that's how God's work goes it starts very very small but it spreads and it spreads and it spreads and I think we are. <clears throat> We're asking too much if we say on day nine, where is the world-shaking revival? Well, give God time to work. That's always good advice, right? Give God time to work and pray and pray. And let us, while we are praying for others, let us pray for ourselves. Lord, uh, pass me not, O gentle Savior. I guess this is the day for old-time gospel songs. While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. And that's a good word, I think, for all of our listeners. Lord, what you are doing in other places, do in my heart, do in my life, my family, my church, my city. If enough Christians begin to pray that way, we will see God move from heaven in a striking way. So, Fred, I think we ought to be encouraged by what's happening. Absolutely. And I was just thinking so many times we do stories on where young people in this nation, where they are spiritually. Barna does a lot of things and 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 I'm not discounting the truth of those stories, but what's another aspect of what's happening in Asbury is it's exciting. It's happening amongst young people, and that generation of kids that are coming up, uh, could it be that the Lord is going to use them to lead the way to a, a great revival again in this country? And what a great place to start amongst the youth, mm-hmm. you know, the kids that are there they're about to graduate, they get married, they have their own kids. For them to experience this and then take it out and spread it all around, I think it's just wonderful. So it it is awfully refreshing to have a story like this uh, to begin with. Amen. And we're going to be talking, Dr. Alex McFarland will be with us in about 25 minutes, and i got some more questions along these lines for him. What are you yeah. going to say, Chris? I do have some audio from uh, somebody at Asbury. Um, I may be mispronouncing her name here, but it's Allison Perfader. Uh, she's just give S- it to me, Chris. Hand me that name. <laughs> okay, this is this is what I'm good at. Yeah, right she uh, she is with Asbury University, and she was on Tucker Carlson's program last night on Fox News Channel talking about the revival. Clip one. A theme or a Bible verse that we've all been sharing with each other is Habakkuk one, and the Lord says. Look at the nations and watch for I'm doing something in your day that you wouldn't believe if you were told. And it's happening, and we can hardly believe it. (laughs) There's a young army of believers who are rising to claim Christianity 
the faith as their own, as a young generation and as a free generation. And that's why people can't get enough. That's amazing. It's no wonder, you know, and it's like you said, I mean, especially in the midst of tragedies like what we've seen in Michigan State University and, and even yeah. farther back to 2020, especially our generation was impacted so much. And so you have to wonder, you know, what's going to break? And in this case, the Holy, the Holy Spirit has interceded for us here at Asbury and, and across the nation. That's great. I mean, match that with some of the other stuff we bring in here from somebody in their 20s and, and the crazy things they're saying on TikTok or on the house floor and stuff like that. Yeah, all is not lost. As no. Ray said, there's a remnant, and uh, that's what the Bible says, a remnant of people who still believe in God and trust in God. And uh, we're seeing that manifested yeah. in uh, Asbury. And kudos to Tucker Carlson. Absolutely. 100%. He, he didn't come back and say, are you sure, you know, in a pessimistic point of view. He was excited about it. Mm-hmm. And think about the audience that Tucker Carlson show has. Three million. It, something like that. It beats all the other networks right. combined. So kudos to Tucker Carlson. Yeah. Yeah, the ladies on The View, were, you know, would be like, oh, she talks to God, you know. Yeah. Like making fun of her, as they have done with people like Mike Pence and other people who do have conversations with God uh, when they pray uh, to uh, don't make to fun of God. Oh no! Well, he actually says God is not mocked. So if you do, good luck with that battle because you're not going to win. Yeah, yeah uh, good luck with the Bible, right, Chris? Yes, <laughs> that's a good. That's good theology. Theology, I'm going right to record there. that. Uh, we're going to we're going to release that with all of our other uh, no. greatest we've yet. I knew to. what you meant. I was just picking on you. Uh, yeah, I got yeah. you. Okay. And now to other news. Um, hey, we got a big, big, yes. Go it's ahead. A, it's a bad deal up in uh, Ohio with mm-hmm. this uh, mm-hmm. uh, chemical train uh, the derailment of uh, of a train that was carrying toxic chemicals. Have I got yes. that right? Yes. When did this happen, Chris? Oh, uh, like er- a week ago? Yeah, five days ago. Earlier this month. Yes. I don't know the exact. Yeah. Date. Okay. But but uh, most people have heard about this, uh, even though it's kind of been suppressed in the news. Uh, it was a, a town called East Palestine, Ohio. Is that, I think they pronounce it Palestine. There. Palestine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What part of Ohio is that in, Fred? Eastern part, almost over to the Pennsylvania state line. Yeah. Okay. It's, uh, we looked it up. Robert Thornton, uh, our afternoon anchor, we were talking about covering it a couple of weeks ago after it first happened. And pretty much it's in kind of uh, Pittsburgh's viewing area. It's that close to Pitts, uh, to Pennsylvania for, for Pittsburgh to be okay. covering it gotcha. with uh, their reporters. So, so what's the latest on that? Well, uh, residents of the town uh, had a get-together last night uh, with government officials to talk about the government's handling of the train derailment and the toxic materials in the environment. And understandably so, many of the people in East Palestine, Ohio, are not happy with the government's response and the handling of the situation. We have a montage of some of the things people had to say, clip two. I wake up every day. I've been sick with my upper congestion. This morning I woke up with my eyes swelled. My kids, um, we're just running in to grab something and then we're going back to grandma's house because they keep breaking out in rashes. Kids do? Yeah. I work by the rail track and I have experienced headaches and coughing. I try not to go outside because every time I go outside, my throat gets scratchy. I have sore throat, um, headaches. My husband still has a headache. Yeah, kind of. It's it's scary. Uh, I think probably most of our listeners have seen some of the pictures coming. Is what happened? You had this derailment. It was a fifty car train, ten of which contained this uh, vinyl chloride. And uh, after several hours after the derailment, 
the officials that were on the hazardous people who look at this kind of stuff noticed that there was one car in particular that was really heating up. In other words, the chemical inside was beginning to perk and get very hot. So what they decided to do was actually blow up one of the cars before it got too far away. And uh, you probably saw the pictures of the billows of the uh, smoke coming off it. And as you've heard the testimony from some of the residents there, most of which have moved to hotels. The railroad, in particular Norfolk Southern, has been paying for hotels and meals for a lot of these folks. Uh, But a, a lot of the folks at this town hall meeting last night, they're very upset with the federal government's response. The Transportation Secretary, Pete Buttigieg, mm-hmm. had, didn't make any statements about this until about two days ago. That's when he finally started talking about this and issued a couple of statements on it. For the first time, I think it is today, the feds are sending someone in to assess what's going on there. But there's great concern. The governor of Ohio, uh, he has stated that they've done a lot of testing on the water in the area. Uh, but he is still suggesting that they use bottled water. Uh, but as these uh, residents were testifying last night, they are having some health issues with just the air in the area. Uh, I, one reporter was who was on the scene said, I can smell something acidic mm-hmm. in the air. So It's yeah. ten, to, 10 days since it happened. Yeah, be praying for these folks. Uh, hopefully they get some resolve on this real quickly. Yeah. Some um, some people in government and some people in news outlets that side with the government uh, are are blaming the Trump administration for this, saying they kind of eased rules for train operators and they were lax on things based on lobbying from train operators and rail companies. But blame Trump. Yeah. Well, you know, he's the go to when something's wrong, even though you've been in office now for over two years, as okay. is the case for Pete Buttigieg, you want to blame the predecessor for the problem that you should be handling. Uh, but there is, and I'm going to share this link here in a second on our Facebook page. There is a Newsweek article out today, and the headline is, Ohio residents say it's absurd to blame Donald Trump for the train derailment. Uh, many people are saying Buttigieg is AWOL because he's not out there handling uh, this. He tweeted yesterday, Buttigieg did, uh, he's the Secretary of Transportation. Transportation, right, for Biden, former Mayor Pete. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's the way he was known when he was a candidate. Because he's mayor, he was mayor of um, South Bend, South Bend, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he tweeted, "Quote in the wake." This is Buttigieg. Yes, Buttigieg. 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 He tweeted yesterday, "Quote in the wake of the East Palestine derailment and its impact on hundreds of residents, we're seeing lots of newfound or renewed and welcome interest in our work on rail safety. So I want wanted to share more about what we've been doing in this area." Ah. Uh, that's you know that that's like uh going to a town that's just been ravaged by a tornado and saying you know what uh we're doing some we're, we're you know we're building some shelters over here a couple mm-hmm. hundred miles away y'all want to come over here and look at these i mean yeah and, and see how we're planning for the future you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. yeah. they won't help here and now they want answers i'm not saying it's his fault it's uh uh it's not biden's fault it's not nobody's no politician, in my view, thought that a train derailed and had chemicals. That We have trains carrying chemicals every day across America. Uh, that's just a part of business in, in our country. But but he's been tone deaf because he's been AWOL. He, here's, he, he should have been Johnny on the spot, and he's been 
hiding under his desk. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. That guy's a phony, by the way. And you might say, well, how do you know that, Tim? Um, all right, I'll tell you when I get back. Okay. When we get back from this break. Talking about Buttigieg. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right, we'll be back momentarily with more of today's issues on AFR. When you hear this, this is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. You know, one of the great parts of our tours that we take in uh, June and September of our nation's capital, we call them spiritual heritage tours, is getting together with Christians who uh, support AFA and AFR, and folks come from all over the country, and we meet, and we fellowship, and we have fun, and we eat well, but we also are reflective on God's grace and God's goodness to us as Americans Stephen McDowell, the president of the Providence Foundation and author of America's Providential History, serves as our historian as we travel about, as we see the places, discover the times, the events, and we look at the history of our country, our Christian heritage, if you will. So, if that interests you and you want to be a part of our tours in June and September, go to the website, spiritualheritagetours.com. That's spiritualheritagetours.com for all the information on the 2023 tours. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers. Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. 17 Walgreens now closed. Nearly every Gap store is gone, and CVS is not far behind. The reason is shoplifting. It's become an epidemic in San Francisco, in large part because of a change in the law. Nonviolent thefts are now considered to be misdemeanors, if the stolen goods are worth less than $950. When that happened, well, it became open season on local stores. The most recent, a Walgreens, when a guy rode into the store on a bicycle and stole nearly everything on the shelves. City leaders say they are perplexed. They don't know how to fix the problem. Spoken like true liberals, here's what needs to happen. Change the law. Unleash the police. Impose jail time. Hard jail time for shoplifters. Otherwise, folks in San Francisco are going to have to drive to Sacramento to get their prescriptions refilled. I'm Todd Starnes. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 1.13 American Family Radio This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. 
Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Thanks for listening to AFR. Our email address is comments at AFR.net, comments at AFR.net. Tim, Fred, Chris, and Ray. And, uh, again, we thank you for listening. We were talking about uh, the response by uh, Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg, uh, to uh, formerly mayor of South Bend, Indiana, presidential candidate on the Democrat side, and Biden tapped him for this uh, cabinet position. Uh, I mentioned he's a phony. He's, uh, I'll just say he's a phony about one thing, um, bike riding, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, early on when he was secretary this is two years ago or so he he uh rode up to the white house for a cabinet meeting on his bicycle you know with that peewee herman hat that you guys wear ray right you guys right, safety right. hat you <laughs> bike riders right right or you don't know go out without it right. yes which I'm not criticizing. I think everybody should be safe and wear their Pee Wee Herman hat. But uh, so but Mayor Pete, <laughs> Mayor Pete rides up to the White House gate, you know, and the whole the, the theme is being eco friendly and you know not using an automobile when you can use a bike. That was the whole point of him doing that. Uh, yes. Well, as it turns out, somebody had a video of him riding a car mm. i'm talking about a carbon emissions uh we're all going to die from global warming car mm-hmm. that this guy was riding in and a few blocks from the white house he, he uh gets his bike out of the, i think out of the trunk or something or off the top of the car and gets on the bike and then rides the three blocks to the white house yeah. for the photo op do you remember that theater yeah theater <laughs> theater Theater, and that's that, mm-hmm. that's phony, mm-hmm. right there, phony baloney. Yeah, a real bike rider would have ridden the whole way, that's, Tim. Whether well, you know, Ray, I know you don't, you don't get know. on your bike three blocks from the White House that's after you've ridden ridiculous. five miles in a car. That's right, and, and then you're some kind of green activist. Yeah, uh, that's that's like uh, that was like Bill Gates the other day, the um, founder of Microsoft, the founder, right, of Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Um, multi-billionaire and he's being interviewed and they say to him the interviewer had the guts to say hey uh what about the charge that you're a hypocrite since you talk about carbon emissions and climate change and and here you are flying all over the world in your private jet that emits tons of Mm -hmm. uh what do you call them gases um anyway you know what I'm talking green, about? Green, what? Greenhouse, greenhouse gas. gas. Greenhouse gas. Greenhouse gases. And he said, uh, well, uh, I do more good than harm. I have to get around to talk about this issue. And and uh, Brother. it was just like, uh, that's not, that answer is not going to cut it. Either you are or you aren't. Yep. Uh, and he, he was talking about like offsets. You know how these, mm-hmm. so these these liberal green activists who use private jets that's what they come back and say. I heard Elton John say that, the singer. Oh, yeah, but I use carbon offsets. <laughs> oh, Don't give me that. You're still emitting all these uh, planet-killing gases with your private jets. Mm-hmm. 
no matter how many pine trees you plant. Him more so in your backyard. So don't give me that. You're going around the world, just like Bill Maher said the other day, because uh, once you start private, have the money to fly privately, there's no going back. That's right. Doesn't matter if the planet's going to burn down or not. Mm-hmm. I'm not riding. I'm not sitting at the gate, at gate twelve at O'Hare, waiting to go to Glasgow. Mm-hmm. If uh, if I got a private jet, yeah. uh, so you know, you know John Kerry, same thing. Same thing. They're all, they're hypocrites. John Kerry says, "Rank." Well, I, well, I'm doing important business. I know. No, no. The 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 answer to that is not offsets. The answer is uh, to do your part, not to add any more. Poison to the uh, mm-hmm. climate, uh, and uh, you can do that by not flying yeah. on private jets. We have a thing called Skype and Zoom, which they could all use to talk about things, but instead they want to fly around the world to save the world from emissions. I know. It's, it's, I, that t- Ed would say that, that proves they don't even believe their own words. Of course. Honestly. Yep. All right, Christopher. Uh, by the way, uh, let's see. We got Dr. Alec McFarland coming up. Mm-hmm just a few minutes but what's your next story there chris well uh let's keep it uh in the political we're keep realm. It real yeah we're we gonna keep, keep it, it real, real chris all right uh someone that wants to uh replace uh president biden in the oval office is uh governor nikki haley former governor of south carolina she announced officially yesterday and she's been doing this for a couple of days in a couple of different ways but she announced officially yesterday in front of a large crowd in south carolina that she nikki haley is going to run uh, for the republican presidential nomination and one of the things that she told the large gathering yesterday uh and this i think was kind of a shot if you will at uh president biden but also donald trump uh she wants a competency test for older politicians those in their 70s and i have the audio here clip seven in the America I see, the permanent politician will finally retire. We'll have term limits for Congress. And mandatory mental competency tests for politicians over 75 years old. Uh, that's <laughs> oh, never going to happen. First of all, she a president can't do that without Congress. I know, but she knew that. But yeah. It's still red meat to that group. And it's like term limits. Guess who has to vote uh, for term limits? <laughs> right. The guys right. the yeah. guys that it involves. And I, I think, you know, so many of these politicians, they get to Washington. They like the perks. They like the salary, all of those sorts of things. Sure. They're not going to vote themselves out of a job. They're just not going to yeah. I think term limits in principle is a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, we have them for president, right? Mm-hmm. Eight years. Eight years. Um, I, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon for the reasons you mentioned, Fred. Now, if you did have term limits, I would not make them too quick because there is something to be said for experience mm-hmm. um, in a job, including Congress and the Senate. But I would be good with like two terms for the Senate and maybe six terms for a House member. Yeah. Yeah. In other words, 12 years yeah. total. Mm-hmm. And then if you're a congressman and you want to run for Senate, you can do that too. Sure. But, but yeah, the chances of that happening anytime soon or not. And it's not healthy mm-hmm. for our republic and our government in Washington to have these career politicians like Biden 
uh, and the Republicans do it too. They stay forever. And the reason it's not healthy, it's for the same reason you have turnover on board of directors mm-hmm. or of companies. It's the same reason you have uh, t- uh, your your church has elders or deacons and they rotate off. Am I right? Yep. Hundred percent. Right, right, Ray. Right. So it's it that that's good for that's it's good a for good you. idea to 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 get some new leaders in and serve alongside the experienced leaders. You need new blood. It's a good idea. Yeah, absolutely. And there is so many advantages to the incumbency in our country. It's all. It's almost. It's so difficult to overcome uh, the advantages that a sitting official be they in the House or the Senate or but in the White House. Now, was it Ray? Was it uh, FDR that, that led to this? Didn't he, didn't he, wasn't he like in his fourth term? Right. He, he served into his fourth term, and that's when, after he died, that's when they added the amendment, you presidents could only serve for two consecutive terms. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that's a great idea yes. that we had there because – uh, you, you you get a president that can have unlimited, uh, you know, elections uh, being elected, and you can you can build up quite a <laughs> unhealthy power base. Yeah. yeah, and you know, people might say, well, you know, term you already have term limits called uh, uh, elections. Right, I've heard that said before. Yeah, and, and there's some truth to that, but as I say. Uh, all things are unequal when you have an incumbent of six, eight, ten, twelve, twenty years running against uh, new, new, new people. Uh, there's just—I mean, Diane Feinstein's ninety plus years old. Uh, Does she she's know not this? The only one. <laughs> yeah, she know it? <laughs> good, good point. But we've had—you know—there's Republicans in there too that are in their eighties. Oh yeah, nineties. They, yeah, they—they they don't. How retire. long did Strom Thurmond serve? I mean, a, a lot. He was right. generations, <laughs> generations. That's right. Well, let's face it, fellas. When you're in Washington, you've been a Senate for all, you've been in the Senate for all these years, and you, you get the best seat at the restaurant, uh-huh. uh, and uh-huh. you got a nice, you got a, you got a great gig going. Why yes. do you want to give it up? Yes. And you've been there, and you've established a lot of contacts in corporate America. And K Street, hey, come on, corporate yep. America, you know, you get a contract, you help right. award a contract to some company, and I'm a and I'm a consultant when I get out of office. Exactly, right. hundred thousand dollars speaking fees. Yes, yeah, yeah. All right, you're listening to today's issues on American Family Radio. Joining us now is our good friend, uh, Dr. Alex McFarland. Alex is heard each afternoon on American Family Radio on the Bible. Live on air Bible te- uh, Bible uh, teaching and Bible, uh, or how do you say exploring the yeah. Word? They yeah. explore the Bible, and uh, each afternoon, Monday through Friday. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, gentlemen. So, Alex, um, we were talking earlier about what's happening at Asbury in Kentucky. There's a college Amen. and a seminary there, and then Cedarville. We're understanding the Baptist school up in Ohio experiencing some of the same thing uh, there is a, a revival in those places and and what do, what do you what's the history of uh i know this is a big question but first of all what do you think about that well i'm i'm thrilled 
And I'm praising God because there's nothing that can help this nation except a pervasive move of God's Holy Spirit. And so I rejoice over all that I'm hearing. And, you know, Asbury, as I understand it, this might be the eighth or ninth major revival in the history of that school. And so, um, you know, if you look at the American Revolution and you look at during the Civil War and even during uh, World Wars One and Two, at some of our nation's most dire moments when things looked utterly hopeless, that's when God would send a great move of His Spirit that saved the country, and this very well may be one of those moments. Mm. What uh, Alex and or Ray, what happened after the 1970 revival at Asbury? I mean, the, the meetings continued for a while, but then... Uh, what happened after that? Did it get? Did the seed go out across the nation, and we saw other things happen as well be, because of what started at Asbury? You know, it's very interesting, and um, there there was in the late '60s, early to mid '70s, a season in the life of our country that later came to be known as the Jesus Movement. And I, I guys, I really think the Asbury revival of 1970 was part of. Some other things God was doing all around the country. On the West Coast, there was um, Chuck Smith and uh, later a, a very young Greg Laurie that came up as part of the Jesus movement. Um, in Middle America was the Asbury Revival. In Texas, a lot of people don't realize this, but um, Bill Bright, Billy Graham, Josh McDowell, Johnny Cash, Pat Boone, they organized something in 1972 at the Texas Motor Speedway that was called Explo 72. And get this, 500,000 people came out, uh, mostly teenagers and young adults, uh, young teenagers, young 20-somethings. Half a million people came for a four- or five-day prayer service, and it was called Explo 72. And guys, I would say that we rode on the momentum of the Jesus movement for probably about 15 years. Um, but, see, revival is cyclical, and it seems like if if the past is any predictor that there's, there's about a 50-year period between major significant spiritual awakenings, and if, if the past is any kind of roadmap or algorithm— then we are on the cusp of, of a great move of God. Hmm. Alex, what would be hmm. let me let me see. Let me this is how I want to ask the question. It's early. We're nine days into what is happening at Asbury. So we can't say it's it's we can't yet say I would think nineteen seventy to twenty twenty three, but boy, your explanation was just a hundred percent spot on. What are the marks of a revival that lasts versus um, a flash in the pan? I know many people are worried. Some are skeptical. I think here at AFR, we're very hopeful about what God is doing in Asbury. But how do you distinguish true revival from some spurious counterfeit? Well, that's a great, great question. Uh, a true move of God will include two things, two things that are emphasized the Word of God, and the Son of God. And in a, in a true move of the Lord, and we certainly need it, there is the authority of Scripture. 
that the church begins to honor, internalize, and live out the Word of God. And then the other thing, Jesus is exalted. When, when it's about revival, because remember Jesus said the Spirit of God would draw men to him, and Jesus is the one and only Savior. Jesus is the only one that's ever risen from the dead. Only the Lord Jesus can wash our sin away. So, um, Ray, to your point, I mean, it's going to be about the Word of God. It's going to be about Christ, the Son of God. But the other thing that's very important in a true revival, there is a return to personal holiness. And I know the, the move at Asbury right now, a week ago, it started out with a call to repentance from sin. And and guys, I want to say this, and I think we all would agree, um, our nation is in a dire do-or-die moment. Either we turn to, to God and repent of sin, or we're going to unravel. Um, guys, you know, three or four or five years ago, you might have had to it was a tough sell to convince people that America was in a tough position. But, I mean, I, Bert Harper and I, we communicate with unchurched people, and they'll say, man, America's dying. What do we do? All right, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Um, we all can be what Elmer Towns calls carriers of revival. Dr. Towns, he's 90 now, but brilliant scholar. He's written about all of the great revivals in history. Anybody, folks, wherever you are, maybe you can't go to Kentucky, but wherever you are, you can, as an individual, anywhere in this world, you can call out to the true and living God. You can say, Dear Jesus, I turn from sin. Please cleanse me. Fill me. Lord, we desire the Holy Spirit of God to be in our midst. And anywhere, and this is what the, the opportunity is so great, no matter where you are, rural, urban, East Coast, West Coast, big city, small town, it doesn't matter. If you call out to God and ask God to move and revive and and saturate our culture, it can happen. And guys, I want all of us, myself included, to come back and say, Lord, we need you. Dear Jesus, if you don't show up, we're hopeless. So let's maximize on this moment. Amen. Well, we're going to keep up with what's going on, you know, in Asbury and how it spreads, and we'll continue to pray that it does all across America. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, you got uh, some summer camps coming up for Christian young people? Oh, thank you, Tim. We do. And the website for my summer camp is equipretreat.org. Equip Retreat. We're doing seven. Last year we did four and you know, we do all the fun camp stuff, ropes course. I'll be there. I do the ropes course, frisbee golf, all the fun camp stuff, play guitar around the campfire. But what's different about our summer camps, we're in Iowa, New Jersey, Colorado, Georgia, Tennessee, the Carolinas. Guys, we talk about biblical worldview. And and I just want to say teenagers are hungry. They they are middle school, high school. They know. Look, kids kids they're not stupid. They know something's wrong, and we need to turn back to Christ. And our summer camps are coming. They're very affordable uh, because we, we raise a lot of money to underwrite. It's only $375 for a week, and that's everything from T-shirts to food, workbook. But um, there's time. We can, we can accommodate 1,200 youth 
in all of our uh, seven camps. But the website for that is equipretreat.org. And Tim, I'm going to say it this way. We're trying to woke-proof America's kids. Now, number one, have a relationship with Jesus. But we talk to youth about loving God and country, and we're, we're doing our utmost. Myself and all of our great speakers that we use, we're trying to woke-proof America's kids, if you get my drift. Amen. How many camps you having? Seven this summer. Are you going to be at all of them? Uh, yes, I am. I am. Are you um, admit, uh, well. What? Um, we're we're not sure, ahead. but it's it's a lot of work, guys. And i got to throw in one more commercial, if I could. We're going to be in Paris, Tennessee, April 21 through 23. April 21 through 23. Um, here's the theme of, of my next conference. This is for all ages. This is one of our Truth for a New Generation national conferences. It's Truth Matters, Confronting the Issues that Will Shape Your Future. And um, we've got Abe Hamilton coming, Will and Mickey Addison, Bert Harper, myself. Uh, it's going to be amazing, but space is limited. But April 21 through 23, we're going to equip you to know what you believe, to stand for truth effectively, because, as I say, uh, quite literally, our country mm-hmm. is on the line. So whether it's a youth camp or the weekend conference, uh, and you can learn about that at my own website, which is alexmcfarland.com. Guys, we're in it to win it. We're going to call our nation back to Christ, and everybody listening can play a part. The summer youth camps are available for what ages? Middle school and high school. And, and so that uh, would be roughly yeah. 7th through 12th graders. And they can read about it more where? Equipretreat.org. $375 for five days? Yes. That's a Will they sleep in a tent? No, they're going to be in nice dorms or cabins based on the camp. It's It's a blast. And, hey, having done summer camp for 20 years, folks, I can promise you, all that teens ask at the end of the week is, oh, my goodness, when is next year? So invest a week that will count for a lifetime. Amen. All right, Alex, thanks, my friend. We look forward to hearing you, Bert, this afternoon. Right on. God bless you guys. Thank you. Okay, that's Dr. Alex McFarland. Seven youth camps. That is a bargain, $375 in 2023. Some people can't get a tank of gas for that. Right, Ray, what do you think he's going to eat and- Feed them at that price? Well, thank God Alex has this vision for the next generation. Because, Chris, look, I know, I do, I'm in touch with Christian camps across America. Mm -hmm. That's a bargain. It is. $375, that is a tremendous bargain. Yeah. Plus, Alex, I believe he said, he mentioned the ropes course. He said he's going to do the ropes course. Look, I'll watch the ropes course. I'm not going to get any, anywhere close to getting on the ropes course. So it's a it's a great deal in every way. And, you know, the two topics are not unconnected of the revival, what yeah. God is doing. And, and, Fred, you made a point earlier when we talked about this, that when God is going to do something, isn't it interesting, very often he starts with young people. Maybe us old folks, we're too tired, we're too worn out, we've lost our spiritual edge. And it's easy to give up on the young generation because, you know, video games and TikTok and we see all the crazy stuff and the attacks. Satan has made a bid for this younger generation. 
So, so when God moves, Fred, what does he do? He stirs up the young people. Yeah. We ought to, we ought to, be, we ought to be praising God for that. Amen. You know, they're the basis of the families of tomorrow. And so wonderful when they, you know, they, this revival occurs, they get their hearts right with the Lord, they get turned on to these things, and they get married, and they're bringing these kids up in the nurture and admiration of the Lord. It's it's only positive that can happen from this. Amen. I do want to mention I have posted links in the Facebook comments section. Um, if you're watching the show on Facebook, look in the comments, and you'll get the links to all the websites uh, that uh, Alex just mentioned there. And we've also shared Ray's link uh, to his website as well because Ray continues to do great things for the Lord. Amen. Next story, Chris. Well, uh, let's do this, and we'll uh, end you got the, about a minute and a half, two minutes. I can do this. Uh, yesterday we had a, a good time. Uh, we had a good laugh about uh, Chick-fil-A uh, offering a cauliflower sandwich as an alternative to uh, meat products there at yeah, Chick-fil-A. I think we, we judged them. We did in in a in a – in a holy way, though. Yeah, nobody uh, judged them as, as wrong. Well, <laughs> that's right. It is my pleasure uh, to mention that uh, other fast food chains are also getting in on this, and they, and they have been to some extent. Uh, but I read about this on Fox News. Uh, I'll share the link here in just a second. McDonald's is uh, looking to do some things overseas where they're going to be doing plant-based chicken nuggets or uh, plant McNuggets. Uh, and they're also going to have, and I'm not making this up. It sounds like Babylon B, but it's not. Uh, overseas in Europe, McDonald's is going to have a uh, a McPlant burger. So as you're preparing for well, lunch, they can today, just leave it over there. That's, yes. just, that's just wrong. Yes, yeah. good word. That's one wrong. thing from and, Europe that does not need to come to the and, West. And don't call it nuggets, and don't no, call it burgers. No, no. call it call it a plant, plant sandwich or something. <laughs> plant, right. plant parts. Are you saying I'm not? Are you saying I'm not loving it? Uh, to use the McDonald's reference. Yes. 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 I'll share saying, the link. I'm just saying you're probably going to have to have a whole lot of sauce for those things. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Do all beef get patties of McPlant get any kind of real taste yeah. out of it? Uh, all right. Thank you, Christopher. Thank you, Christopher, Fred, uh, and Ray, and yours truly. We shall return with uh, Steve. Paisley Jordahl coming up in five minutes. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.